Well, hello. Welcome to Still Sober with John Rabin once again. This entry into my little online diary is year 10, week 22, 10.22, posting on uh, January 25th. Um, welcome. Hello again. So, if you're a sober person, hope you're staying sober. If you're not a sober person, hope you're staying sane. I wanted to, I've got a couple things I wanted to talk about, but I want to complain about the postal worker that delivers mail up at the warehouse that I work at. And since, and I can't say that it's my postal worker because I don't feel that way because we rent space from a larger company in their warehouse. So technically, in my mind, it's their postal worker. And they have, and I, I believe I've brought this guy up before. They've said to us before to make sure that we don't uh, park our vehicle near uh, the mailbox. And because the guy has a hard time you know he has to pull in and then he has to back out um and that he's you know and he's left a note and i i believe i've complained because I, I remember complaining about this guy so uh, but in case you didn't hear that episode here's my quick take on it it takes more energy and effort to write a passive aggressive note than it just than it does just to put your little mail cart into reverse, back up, then pop it two clicks down and drive forward and turn around. Um, it's like, and it's not one of these things where if it's a consistent, you know, if somebody's doing this every day, it's a problem. So this, it rarely happens, but every time because it's somebody visiting or somebody new that comes in and it's and it looks like an open space and they park there and they're not, you know, it's, uh, it, so it, it's not like it's a consistent basis that this guy can't do his job. It's, but he leaves a note like every time. Um, but the, but what happened today is that somebody who was visiting had their car parked in front of the box. And this guy didn't even do the mail. Like, he just drove on and, like, held the mail, I guess, until tomorrow. To sh But apparently let us know that he's unable to deliver the mail until a vehicle has been removed. Which, once again requires way more effort to contact the front desk person, let everybody know, hey, until that car moves, you're not going to get your mail. When the vehicle was, yeah, I saw it, it was in the way of the mailbox, but you could still access the mailbox. You could still get out of your fucking car and go do it. And I've seen the guy. The guy's a scrawny little weak-willed... Um, He's a pussy. He looks like a pussy. Anyway, it's the thing about it is, is that maybe 
and if I'm showing any empathy at all, I could I could sit there and go, he's dealing with a lot in that this is the only place in his life that he has any kind of power. Like most broken people who have aspects of bullying, they have no power in any other uh, aspect of their life, whether by their choice or by, you know, just happenstance. So when they get... So when they're pushed around by either by a partner or by a boss or by life, maybe they're on probation, not this guy, but, you know, somebody like that. So when they do have an aspect that where they can flaunt their little power trip, they do it. And that's what this guy's doing because I've seen him. This is not a guy who will yell like if if – if there was any kind of confrontation, this guy would buckle. And uh, so to see him, I don't know, it just really rubs me raw because it's not that hard of a job. And even if it is a tough job, which it's not, to not do it and just to kind of sit there and throw a hissy fit because somebody is blocking your way and your control issues just go off. And I, I believe me, I get that. So I, I, I do get the throwing a tantrum because things aren't the way you like it. I get that 100%. But you're a postal worker. You got one job. Deliver the mail. And you're not going to do your one job? I mean, you know the, the phrase, yeah, neither rain nor sleet nor snow, nor hail. That comes from an old quote. I mean, we're talking, what, like 2,000 years ago from um, uh, Greek uh, her, uh, writer Herodotus, who said of the, of the, who was referring to the courier service of the ancient Persian Empire. And I quote, it is said that as many days as there are in the whole journey, so many are the men and horses that stand along the road, each horse and man, at the interval at the interval of a day's journey. And these are stayed neither by snow, nor rain, nor heat, nor darkness, from accomplishing their appointed course with all speed. And to take that and go... Neither rain, nor sleet, nor snow, nor hail. However, parked cars, that's a deal breaker. I'm out. 2,000 years, couriers have done their job. But this guy, because somebody's in the way of the box, won't deliver the fucking mail. And you can't say it's, I've seen him. You can't even say it's a generational thing. This motherfucker's probably my age. It's the, uh, it's the, it's the, it's, it's not a generational thing. It is a society thing. This is, you know, that's the problem. So this guy, fuck that guy, right? Because he's a government employee. I don't even know why they what the problem was back in the day when going postal became an actual saying when they were snapping. Was it back in the 90s, 80s? I think it was the 90s. Yeah. 
Look how far we've come. You guys used to snap and shoot coworkers. Now you can't even deliver your own. You can't even get out of the vehicle. God. Just weak. They're just, it's sad. It makes me sad. Well, you know, it's not a eventful week for me if that's what I'm complaining about is the uh, the mailman. That's the only problem that I have this week. It's not the only problem, but that is the main problem that was fresh in my mind. I wanted to open with it and go, hey, fuck the post office. Um, not all of them, just the one guy, right? So here's another thing. I saw a an article posted that there was a uh, an employee that um, that goes through mail. Speaking of mail, that goes through the mail at the at a prison in uh, upstate New York, and the the headline was that the. Um, that some that one of the uh, one of the employees that was going through the mail was exposed to fentanyl and was rushed to the hospital. And I read the article. Um, there was not a whole lot of references, but apparently, what happened, what they said happened, is they were going through the mail, and that see sometimes that like the fentanyl, I guess the paper, the letters or whatever and books and different stuff the paper is treated is soaked with fentanyl and then the prisoners get it and then they distribute pieces of paper for them to like chew on or whatever so what they said happened is that the person was 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 sifting through the mail and then um while using gloves They still absorbed the fentanyl and their hands went numb and they freaked out and they were administered Narcan and then rushed to the hospital where they were treated and released. Yes, I bet they were treated when they calmed them down because nothing was going on. Here's my question. Were they tested? Was there a test to see if they actually had fentanyl in their system? Can we get a confirmation that that's what happened? Was there actually fentanyl? Because fentanyl doesn't absorb through your skin like that, through, through, through gloves. It doesn't go through gloves. There are slow release patches to where it can absorb slowly through your skin like that in the slow release. But if you're using gloves, that's not how that works. And it certainly doesn't like it makes your whole hands. Uh, that's not how that's not how fentanyl works. But um, unless, of course, now and and certainly not if it, if there's powder. By the way, powder doesn't go through your skin. That's not how you can't just rub it into yourself. It would have to be a liquid. It would have to be a design. Anyway, it's it sounds more like hysteria than anything else. Because if that was the case. If there were people that got OD'd all the time just by touching it, we'd hear so many stories about it. And so far, there have been two. And both times, it sounds like hysteria. 
One was a cop who freaked out because he touched powder. He was full of shit. That guy had a panic attack. And then this one, I'm thinking if there is indeed, if it was indeed like a liquid form, you know, it's, it, there might be a chance, there might be a chance that if that's the case, that this person wasn't using their gloves. Because I guarantee you, if they were using their gloves, there's no way it would have gone through like nitrile or latex gloves. That's not how that works. And unless there was holes in it, maybe. Regardless, I'm sorry, I'm getting off track. The point is this. There are two sides here of mass hysteria. And, the, and, the, and there's two sides, and I don't particularly agree with either side. And this is going to sound like I'm going in a political direction, but that's just because everything is getting politicized. And you need to not buy into the bullshit. You need to not fall for either side's bullshit that's trying to manipulate you into, into, you know, going one side or the other just for clicks, just for the attention. And I'm trying not to sound like an old man going, you know, you know, fuck them and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, you can't trust it. You know, I don't want to sound like, I'm not a conspiracy nut. I'm not trying to sound locked up, but honestly, come on. Fuck both sides, right? Anyway, here's the two sides. On the one side, and you'll read it. Conservative AM News. I there was that another article I saw talking about um, that fentanyl overdoses are so bad that there's no space in the coroner's office, and the morgue is too full with all the dead bodies from all the overdoses of fentanyl in Seattle. Um, why Seattle? Because Seattle is a, a, a nightmare liberal mecca. So anything that conservatives do that they can point to Seattle and trash makes Seattle look even worse than it is, which is hard to do because Seattle's fucking a nightmare. I'll give you that. But you don't need to like manipulate stuff to make it out worse than it is. You know, it's like you don't have to go out of your way to go, don't forget. San Francisco is now a shithole. We can see that. We know. Um, so you got that one side. And because I did, I because I like to read up on what kind of news is going on with fentanyl specifically. Right. And that was the big article. It was like trying to, you know, it instead of just reporting that this is what uh, a medical examiner in King County had said. Because they're going off of his statement that he did on a radio show. So that's that's the, the one source. It has not been confirmed by uh, a any kind of actual journalist. It's just by going off of what one guy said on a radio program. And, you know, it's great. So... Um, so they take that and they run with it. And, and then further in the article it says, Democrats need to go back to recriminalizing drugs, which is, to me, like, it's... Drugs are pretty criminalized. The only ones that have been decriminalized are marijuana and, in some places, mushrooms. So are you saying, conservative talk show, news outlet, that the problem with all these fentanyl overdoses is that we're legalizing weed 
Is that what you're saying? Because that sounds fucking crazy and not related. Anyway. So that's what so that's what they're thinking. They're saying the problem here is is that we're saying that drugs are okay and because you're letting people smoke weed and do drugs that's why fentanyl, you know, instead of instead of telling people not to do drugs cuz that's been working, we need to go back to doing what we've been doing for the past 50 years cuz clearly that solves a problem. It does not. So that's their side. Their side is is like, oh, Democrats just what? What do they want to do? This is what it said. They no, all they want to do is is promote these fentanyl testing strips, which clearly won't make a dent in this overdose problem. How do you know? Where are you getting that information? You don't think fentanyl testing strips will will. will will help at all? You don't think it'll save at least one person? Isn't it worth legalizing fucking paper to save one person? You fucking idiot. And then the other side. Let's get to the other side. Holy shit. Where let's save everyone. We're going to save everyone. Fentanyl testing strips is all we need. We're going to do needle exchanges, fentanyl testing strips, and then we get rid of cops and we'll just have counselors for everybody. Is that it? Are you out of your goddamn mind? We need to figure this out. We need to get to a place where you realize, number one, you can't send enough people to prison to get to fight drugs. That doesn't work. You're getting rid of drug addicts who are dealers to pay for the drugs that they're addicted to, right? You're not going after you're not going after the people who are manufacturing it and putting fentanyl in things that people don't think have fentanyl in it. Or worse, the ones that are putting xylazine, which is a animal tranquilizer. They're putting that into fentanyl. You think fentanyl's bad. They're putting xylazine, which is a tranquilizer. So the Narcan, the opioid overdose reversal drug, doesn't work. It doesn't work on a tranquilizer because it's not an opioid. So it makes things worse. Not to mention it does a number on people's wounds if they inject the shit. Um, that that will cause that goes to a uh, uh, a thing. You, if you if you want to get grossed out, I suggest reading up on it. It's uh, terrifying, and um, leads to amputation. It's a whole other level of of nightmare that uh, I'm glad I didn't have to personally deal with as a heroin addict. Like, I had it easy as a heroin addict. No, I wouldn't say that, but I wouldn't didn't have to worry about that. I don't. Man, fentanyl is a whole other beast, and I get it. And it is a problem. It is definitely. It's also a problem. Like I've said before, it's a it's a major problem for people who um, aren't drug addicts who don't have a tolerance, and they get you know they think they're taking one thing, whether it be Adderall, whether it be Molly, whether it be cocaine, something that they that they've taken on occasion to party with 
and it's got fentanyl in it, and they've got absolutely no tolerance to it, and it fucking kills them. It's killing more people who aren't drug addicts. That's what makes that thing scary. But it's not the boogeyman, and it's, you know, it's not like some magic powder that, uh, that'll take out an entire, you know, world just by touching it. Like, it's not the boogeyman. It's just a, it's just a drug that's easy to manufacture. And which is why it's pushing, it pushes heroin out of areas because it's easier to get this than it is to get heroin. It's easier to manufacture and hide because you can do smaller amounts, right? So, but that that's the thing is that so on one side, we can't, you can't keep making laws to make people stop doing drugs. People are going to do drugs. Most people listening to this know this. I'm preaching to the choir. You know, addiction is addiction. We got it. You can't just will us away. Drunk driving is illegal. We still drive drunk, didn't we? So you can't do that. And then on the other side, you cannot make people get help. You can't save everybody. What you have to do is make treatment available, give resources, because it's a somebody's personal. If somebody wants to have wants to party, they want to do drugs. You should be able to provide. You should be able to have resources if they want to be. If they want to test it out, maybe don't make paper illegal. So they have testing strips. So if they're being, you know, as responsible as you can be by taking drugs that you've, you know, don't know where they came from, but you can at least test them to make sure that they don't have fentanyl in it. For people who have addiction issues, you should have treatment should be available to where it's not your your only option isn't, you know, because right now your options, you have two options. You can either try to get clean and sober through AA meetings, through NA meetings, or you can go to treatment if your family is loaded. It seems weird to me that your options are either something that's free, but that, you know, you don't have a whole lot of resources. You only have to, you have to, you know, you, you can't get out of your own environment. You, only have access to resources for, you know, an hour at a time, these meetings, right? Versus rehab, which is thirty to $60,000. Boy, there should be a middle ground there, wouldn't you think? So drug treatment programs should be made more available. Um, meetings should be encouraged Fentanyl testing strips. So drug treatment programs, we need, you know, that's what we need. But you also need to know that people are going to die. That some people don't want to get help. You can't make everybody get help. You can't dump a bunch of money into saving everybody that's on the street. You have to have resources available for people to help themselves. I feel like I'm probably preaching to the choir to a lot of you. 
And for those of you who don't agree with me, you probably stopped listening um, 10 to 15 minutes ago. And I appreciate it. (laughs) Just stop listening to me versus sending me an email going, let me tell you why you're wrong. Yeah. Man, I don't understand why we can't have both. I wish they would have like a bipartisan thing with it. Like, okay, how about this? You can pass a law that increases sentencing for dealers who deal fentanyl. And we legalize fentanyl testing strips in this state. How about both? Can, can we do both? Like, can't you do a give and take going, this will make you feel good. This will make the old people feel like we're doing something at the border. Even though the more stringent laws that you make against drugs and dealing, the cartels love because it just makes, it allows them to jack up the price of the drugs that they're sending over. So... But at least you can do, all right, you get to pass your little thing, but also let me pass this thing. I don't, you know, you guys compromise on everything else. You can't get together and compromise on this kind of shit. Like, are we only going to, you're only going to ever hear about fentanyl on an election year. So, uh, sorry, guys. It's just, it's another one of those things that it's just, uh, why? It's the same arguments, too. They haven't changed. These arguments have been the same. I know people think that the world's getting scarier and, you know, because we have access to so much information. But believe me, all of this shit's still the same. It's been... This is how... I I feel old because, you know, you find out that, uh, you know, it's been 30 years it's been 30 years since uh, grunge, by the way. <laughs> uh, my intro and outro music is 30 years old. That's nuts. That reminds me that, uh, uh, yeah, so when I was, that means, that means that Nirvana is older than the Beatles were when I was in high school listening to Nirvana. Jesus Christ. Oh. I'm turning 50 this year. I just realized it's, uh, yeah. Anyway, what I was getting at, besides the fact that uh, old man river, what I was getting at is that in the 90s, war on drugs treatment versus criminalization of drugs, um, abortion, gun control. 30 years later, here we are. (laughs) So, yeah, there's... It's the same parties. They have not changed. They're just the same... You know, I think the lobbyists may have changed, but it's the same arguments, the same thing, and we're still sitting here going, eh, it's, uh, I just, I don't know. I, you just don't fall for the bullshit. Don't fall for, oh, they, this this side is blah, blah, blah. It's just, no, it's, we need to focus on some, you know, 
You got to focus on yourself. Got to take care of yourself. Got to take care of your friends. Got to take care of your community. And then lean towards what needs to happen, which is treatment, fentanyl testing strips. If if anything comes across your way that you're able to support those those ideas, is access to more treatment, to more affordable treatment, and fentanyl testing strips. That's about all you can do. And, you know, let your friends know that they, you know, they stay away from, uh, you know, always know your dealer, man. That's, yeah, that's unfortunately the, the case because it's, uh, it's serious. Um, fentanyl again, huh? Is that what I talked about the whole time? Yeah, it's just, I just had to had to talk about it, man, because it was just it's like reading. It's 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 so cliche to read and immediately um, know that you're trying to be manipulated in what is supposed to be a news story, and then somewhere in there, whoever is writing it, some intro to journalism hack immediately starts going, and then here's the party message that I wanted to bring bring in, and just don't fall for that shit. Don't fall for the, uh, you know, fentanyl being a boogeyman, but it is a problem. And it's, you know, it's the same problem as, you know, and, there, and it's not going to be the, the last one. There's always going to be some other boogeyman, and but addiction is just addiction. You know, it's still the same. It's, it comes in different, different shapes and sizes, but it's still the same kind of thing it's still something that uh, that people need access to help but they need to help themselves and one way to help people is to you know provide them resources so that's that's all I'm getting at and uh, that's all I got for this week uh, stillsoberpod at gmail.com for any questions or comments that are positive to neutral and uh, we'll see you next week Fight for the fiercer skin Come back down to earth again The cold is creeping deep inside Disconnect the telephone line